Uh, I'm going to read to you this morning. Of course, it's the beginning of the Christmas season, and I want to read to you this morning out of Luke chapter 1, and here's what I want to do. I want to read the part. I want to read this story to you, and I just want you to enjoy the story, enjoy the Word of God. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to make comments. I just would like to read it to you, and then when I get finished, then I've I've got a few things I'd like to say to you. So I want to start with Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which are told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown great strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months 
and returned to her house. Amen. There's a lot in that. Amen. The birth of Jesus Christ from start to finish is supernatural. It talks in the very beginning about, of course, Gabriel visiting Mary and that she's a virgin. Listen, the virgin birth matters. Lots of people online talk about how it doesn't matter or the original language did not mean virgin. Okay, why does it matter? It matters, number one, because the birth of Jesus is supernatural. The second reason it matters is because if Jesus had had an earthly father, a natural father, it would be hard for us to recognize Jesus for who he is, which is the Son of God. Now, he has a heavenly father and an earthly mother, which represents that he's all God and he's all man. And the third reason the virgin birth matters is because sinners beget sinners. What do you mean? Well, Jesus does not have a natural father, and that's where the bloodline comes or the curse comes is through the father. And so not having an earthly father causes him to do what? To be the perfect lamb of God. You know, these next month of December, I know every single one of you are going to be busy, but I just want to encourage you to take some time during this month to think about the birth of Christ, to think about the supernatural nature of it. Now, back in the beginning when I read to you, it said that Jesus is the son of David. And I want to show you some scripture this morning to talk to you about the lintage, or if you will, the line of Jesus and why he's supernatural. So I want to go this morning to the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 1. Now, what is the book of Matthew, chapter 1? It's the bloodline or the lintage or the family tree of Jesus Christ. A couple of weeks ago, I did a funeral for a man who is, uh, I'm part of the, he's part of our family, and he was my grandmother's sister's husband, and he was 102 years old, and I did the funeral, and uh, it made me, doing that funeral, made me start thinking about my family, and I have a box of pictures uh, in the cabinet at my house that I got from my mother, and I honestly have not looked at them hardly at all, but because of that funeral, it stirred that up in me, so I've gone home and gotten out that box, and there's pictures in there, of course, of my grandparents, there's pictures of my great-grandparents, and there's pictures of my great-great-grandparents. And so I've been looking at those pictures. I've been calling my cousins. I've been asking, hey, who is this person? Where did they live? And so it has stirred an interest in me for my family tree. Okay, I want to talk to you this morning about the family tree of Jesus Christ. Matthew 1.1 says the book of the genealogy or the family tree of Jesus Christ the son of David, the son of Abraham. Why is Jesus called the son of David and the son of Abraham? Okay, David's not his father. Abraham's not his father, God is. Here's why he talks about that. Because God told David, David, your throne will last forever. And the lineage of your family will have somebody on that throne forever. And that person is Jesus Christ. Then it says he's the son of Abraham, which means that he's a Jew. 
Listen, you do not have to watch very much news to know that there's been things going on all over the world that are anti-Semitic and anti-Jewish. People have been protesting. People have been saying things about the Jews that I, frankly, have been shocked uh, that, that, that it's going on today. And it is definitely a part of the end times. Okay, Jesus Christ, my Savior and your Savior, is Jewish. Okay, he was a Jewish rabbi, and he is part of the nation of Israel. And you and I have been grafted in to that nation because we've been born again. Let me read you another verse. Matthew 1, 6. Now, I'm going to run down that chapter. I'm not going to read it all to you, but I want to read one verse, verse 16. It says, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Joseph is part of the bloodline of David, and God used that to fulfill the promise that Jesus will sit on the throne of David. Now, I want to take you all the way back to 2 Samuel 7 in the Old Testament, and the prophet uh, Nathan talks to King David. Listen to what he tells him. He says, your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne will be established forever. According to all these words, according to all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. Listen, you and I are part of a kingdom that is never going to end. Okay, God said the nation of Israel, the kingdom of God, would exist for all of eternity. When you make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you are a citizen, if you will, of heaven. You're a son of God, a daughter of God, and you're a part of a kingdom that's never going to pass away. In fact, it is the only kingdom that's going to stand. Let me read you another verse. I want to go to Revelation 11, verse 15. Listen to this. The seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Let me read it to you one more time. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. This world is filled with kingdoms, okay? China is a kingdom. It's a godless kingdom. It's a communist kingdom. Russia's the very same way. North Korea is the very same way. They don't know God and they don't acknowledge God. Now, the United States is also a kingdom. It says right there in the scripture that only one kingdom is going to stand. Only one. Only one religion is going to stand, and it's the kingdom and of Jesus Christ. And it says that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he shall reign, how long? Forever and ever. You are a part of an eternal kingdom. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. I'm a part of an eternal kingdom. You are a part of an eternal kingdom. When did that kingdom begin? It began with the birth of Jesus Christ. Mary told Elizabeth, things from now on will never be the same. 
they will never be the same. Vicki and I were talking just the other day about change and how fast things are changing. Uh, the majority of Vicki and I's life, whenever we would watch television, you turned on the television and whatever was on, you watched it. Right? I mean, you, there, you know, if whatever shows were on TV, you watched those shows. And if you wanted to watch something different, you had to find out when it was on. And, you know, you'd go get a magazine or, or look at something to, or look in the newspaper. Remember when you used to look in the paper to see what time the movie started? Okay, yeah, I'm that old. Okay, I'm that old that I can remember doing that. Okay, all right, TV has changed so much. When my granddaughters come to my house, you know what they watch on TV? What they want to watch. And they know how to use the remote control, and they're three years old and they're five years old. And then when they turn on the TV, there's all those boxes, and on you know, and there's Disney, and there's all these different things. And they know how to work it. They know how to go to it. And one time we were watching TV, and a commercial came on, and one of the girls said, "Turn that, get that off of there." And I said, "Well, you can't get it off of there. It's on cable." And they were like, "Well, we don't want to watch cable." Okay, all right, the point is, is things are changing and they're changing fast, but there's one kingdom, listen to me, that's never gonna change. There's one kingdom that's never gonna fall. There's one kingdom that's gonna be ruled and reigned by Jesus Christ. And if you know Christ as your savior, you and I are part of it. Now, my dad's last name is Gray, okay? And I was born, uh, him and my mom, and my brother were born. And the way I became a gray was by birth. Okay, now I know you can be adopted into families. I know that. And, and, I, and that's legitimate and real. But the point that I wanna make to you this morning is, is when you found Jesus Christ as your savior, you were born into the kingdom of God. That is the only way to get into it. What did Jesus say? What did he tell Nicodemus? You must be born again. And I know probably the majority of you in here know Christ as your savior and you are born again. And when you were born again, you were born into a kingdom, you were born into a family that's never going to stop existing. Let me read you another verse this morning. I want to go down to Luke 1, excuse me, I'm sorry, Matthew 19 and 28. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, I love this, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones. Now, of course, he's talking to the disciples right here, but he's also talking to us. And verses that are later than this include you and I. And those who have followed me, now would you consider yourself a follower of Jesus Christ this morning? Yeah, okay. Well, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then this belongs to you. All of those who have followed me will sit on 12 thrones, talking about the disciples, and they will judge the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, let me back up and let me show you something. Jesus said, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne. Oh my gosh, there's so much I love about this. He's giving us a glimpse into the end of time. He's giving you and I a glimpse to when the time ends and eternity begins. And here's what Jesus says. He says, at the renewal of all things, listen to me, everything is going to be made right. 
the curse will be gone. It says in Revelation that Jesus will wipe every tear from our eye. Listen, every hurt, every heartbreak, every separation, everything that's ever happened to us is going to be made right. It's going to be renewed. The world you and I live in, the curse will be lifted off of it and everything will be made new. Everything will be made fresh. Then it says that Jesus is gonna sit on his glorious throne. Now, here's what I know about men, mankind in general. Men love thrones. Men love power, okay? We always have. But it says that Jesus will sit on a glorious throne. Now, think about it for a minute. You've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is part of the Trinity, Okay, and Jesus has always existed. Jesus is God. When he came to the earth and took on flesh, he became all God and all man. But Jesus himself says that his throne is glorious. I can't imagine. Listen to me, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. You're going to see Jesus seated upon his glorious throne. And Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. And his kingdom is the only kingdom that will stand. And you and I are part of it. So what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, we know it's Advent season. And we know Jesus came the first time. We know he's coming the second time. And so we're supposed to take time this month to remember the first coming. But we're also supposed to take time to long and look forward to the second coming. Listen, everything is going to be made right. And the kingdom that you and I are a part of, Jesus Christ is Lord and King over. Let me read you one more verse. Luke 1, through 33. I read these to you already, but I want to pull them out. Now, this is what the angel told uh, Mary when he, when he met with her. He's describing Jesus. He will be great, and it, he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Now, we read the promise already where God told David, hey, your throne is going to last forever. And it's like, how's that going to happen? Well, it's going to happen because Jesus is going to be seated upon that throne. Listen to it. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, or the house of Israel. And his kingdom, here it is, there will be no end. Listen, you and I are going to live with God. We're going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be with our loved ones. We're going to be with our friends. And the kingdom of God is never going to cease to exist. It is going to be eternal. It is going to last forever. And you and I have a future with God. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to be aware of that this Christmas season. Hey, thank God Jesus came. I'm so grateful that he came. I'm so grateful that he's coming and that his kingdom is never going to end, and you and I are going to be a part of it forever. Amen? Forever. And I'm going to have hair, and I'm going to be good looking. Amen? Amen. All right, y'all stand up. Let me pray for you this morning. Glory to God. Father God, thank you for this Christmas season. Lord, I'm so thankful that you sent your only son for us the first time. And I'm thankful, Jesus, you're coming back the second time. Lord God, I pray over every person in this room that, Father, we remember that you came and that you're coming again. And that we would keep our hearts fixed upon you. 
Father God, would you strengthen us? Would you encourage us? And would you refresh us? In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, I love you. Go and be blessed. And God bless you.